Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Dilmar Flashbacks. Celebrating 30 years of tea in New Zealand. Oh, yes. Got it away. He's dropped it too short. And uh, Taylor pounced. That'll be his 50. Lovely off drive to raise a half century for the local boy. And here the crowd. Ross Taylor, 50. Oh, he's got a hold of this one too. That's another one on the grandstand. That's over it. Pressure on. Taylor pushes and goes. It's in the gap. He's got it. He's got his first. And on the level of composure we've seen today, it will not be his last. It's 27 away from 10 here on SENZ. It is mornings with Ian Smith. Smithy on the road with the Cricket World Cup. So Ricardo Ball in the hot seat. And uh, we are looking at Dilmar flashbacks. And Ross Taylor is the subject of today's flashback interview. G'day, Ross. How are you doing? G'day, Ross. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good, good. I, I, I would imagine uh, hearing that, that would have brought back some memories for you. Yeah, it did. Um... Yeah, I don't know if I've actually heard that being called before from Smitty. So, um, no, some some good memories, and uh, I guess when you you play international sport at any level, um, you know, feeling like you belong, and um, and cricket's probably no different. Getting that first hundred uh, definitely settles the nerves, and thinking that you're enough to play this. Uh, game at a high level. Yeah, well, I mean that's the thing. You've you've got you know the the irony that this is a Dilmar flashback, and we're talking about Sri Lanka um, as as an opponent for you as well, given that's where uh, Dilmar is from. But I mean, your, your first international hundred came against the Sri Lankans uh, here back in uh, two thousand and six in Napier, of course, uh, back in uh, in your hometown as well. That hundred and twenty eight batting at three. Um, I mean, I know it's different from the test in Colombo, but you seem to have a bit of an affinity with uh, the Sri Lankan cricket team. You, you, you had a pretty good record there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, oh, yes and no. I think uh, they definitely had the water over me at, at different stages, but, um, you know, a lineup of Murali, um, obviously grew up watching them, Murali, Chiminda Vas, and Malinga. Um, if I remember right, you know, they quite a formidable and intimidating type of opponents, but, um, I guess when you're playing at home, you know your conditions well um, and your home ground. Uh, you know, I haven't, haven't played a lot of um, one-day cricket in Napier in the last few years, but uh, back then uh, was a, a regular spot on the on the calendar and uh, it was nice to, to test yourselves out and you know, against the best and um, play against some of your childhood heroes that you grew up uh, watching from afar. Yeah, it's the irony, isn't it? I suppose uh, when you talk about international cricket at Napier, it used to be that if you if you needed rain in the Hawks Bay, you just scheduled a cricket match. <laughs> Very much so. Um, I think it's still it's still the case. <laughs> um, where you know you just you fly in, the hills are brown, uh, and then the game's rained out. It's just uh, just doesn't make sense. 
It doesn't. And talking about that team, you mentioned it, but Chaminda Vass, uh, Lasseth Malinga, uh, Mataya Muraludi uh, Lurian, uh, they had uh, Tilak Ratni Dilshan as well, Sanath Jai Sari. That was a that was a team of absolute superstars. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you, you mentioned Jai Sari. Um, you know, he's the Wiley campaigner. Um, you know, just an innocuous type of action, and he just had to be on on song, but. I guess when you, oh, you probably have to ask a few of the youngsters, but you know when they're coming into to bolt here, you sort of got to pinch yourself a little bit because, as you said, you've grown up watching these guys, and here they are, uh, um, you know, bowling to you. And uh, but at the same time, for you know, it's cool uh, to have family and friends there and, uh, and supporting you along the way. Now, of course, uh, the the main. Uh, sort of talking point uh, for this spot to these, these Dilmar flashbacks was that second test in Colombo in 2012 uh, and you showed incredible resilience in, in that test match and it was it was a te- I guess you'd say a test of two halves to use a rugby parlance mate uh, 142 off 306 in the first innings where you really had to had to take your time and, and bat time and, and, and see the ball and, and then the second innings where you really had to put some runs on quickly and you, you notched up 74 off 95 yeah, I think it was, um, you know, I think after, the thing about that game is we got completely outplayed um, in the first test and, and obviously the two-match series um, was probably the bounciest. Look at it, Peace Arrow and Maramutu. Um, Peace Arrow, it's a lot easier to say. Um, <laughs> that's, where we need, that's where we need paddles to to do his, um, his old ad, which um, obviously a lot of the younger listeners wouldn't remember but um, no it was, it was a bouncy wicket uh, winning the toss and obviously there was a few other distractions going on mm. behind the scenes at that time um, and yeah put, put on a good partnership with Kane after losing the two openers and I think we were still there um, batting on day one which um, gave us a, a, you know obviously a, a, to be in a good position um, there's, a, there's a famous story I'm sure cannot be aired at the moment, but will come out a bit later um, that Smithy will be able to tell um, from that match. But um, no, it was a, yeah, it's been 1-0 down, um, contributing. When you, um, you know, even though you get 140, you know you're going to have to try and scrap it out again, as you do in these subcontinent um, places. Um, and, and, you know, the 70 off 90, I think it was actually, it was the only way to sort of bat on that wicket. You needed to you needed to play some shots where if you just try to survive, um, there would have been a ball with an animal. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's and, and that's the difference between uh, I, I guess those the pitches you see there and the pitches you see here, right? I mean, the amount of change you see between the first innings and the second innings in, in a test. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, quite often, um, you know, in New Zealand, being an opener uh, is, is one of the toughest positions to bat. Um, where sometimes, um, if you think about Apart from you know spending a lot of time in the field, but this time is actually with a new ball, um, so it probably worked in our favour, um, losing a couple of early wickets and and getting through that. Where you know I'm sure if you you tell some of the the openers um, who played over the last little while, uh, the subcontinent players um, place uh, the best place to bat for these openers is, is in those first ten or so overs, where once the spin does come on, uh, it can be a pretty daunting place to play. 
Now, you, you obviously, uh, mentally, it'd be very taxing, those conditions, quite humid over there, pitchers doing things you, you don't expect a pitch to do. You've got bowlers who are very much suited to those conditions. So mentally, it's, it's really tough. Uh, you've got to be so dialed in and switched on. So you had that going on. You also had the captaincy thing going on that you've alluded to. Uh, how did you approach that test match, given everything that was going on behind the scenes? Uh, I think the, um, for me it was probably um, well a you got to put a performance and I think um, if we'd lost that test match um, it would have been five or six in a row which would have been a record at the time uh, so it was a motivating factor and uh, and trying to get on top of that um, you know you you representing any country um, you don't really need much more motivation than that um, but we're one nil down in the series so, um, you know after day one. Um, I still think a lot of people uh, wouldn't have given us much of a, cho- a show. You know, you're coming up against um, Sangakara and Mahela. Um, you know, players with amazing records in their own conditions as well. Um, you know, I think even even after the start, we had, I don't think the New Zealand public probably gave us an opportunity to win that, but that was probably the emergence of Tim Saudi and Trent Bolt, I think. You know, we talk about spinners, but the way they bowled and, and Doug Bracewell that day, um, you know, put us in, in good stead to to have a famous victory and our first victory there since 1996, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, Tim took five for uh, Trent took four as well, um, and then. That in the first innings and in the second innings they took three apiece uh, as well and Todd Aspel actually uh, took a wicket in that match too. Uh, what about you know during that innings uh, it is one of the uh, the longest innings of your career. 306 balls you're out there for 388 minutes. You got that, the, the 102. Harath got you and Kane and Daniel Flynn all LBW and Todd Aspel LBW in that innings. I mean uh, just how tough was it to bat on, in those conditions against him? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Haraf used to blow our front pads off for fun. Um, <laughs> you know, he, just the way he, just his control, his height, um, his angle that he came in at, I think, you know, he just put that ball, um, I mean, this is no disrespect to him, but um, he just put that ball just around that off stump. Um, and I'm sure there's a little bit of um, skill and dial, but there's also a little bit of natural variation where um, I sort of talk about, if the spinner doesn't know which way it's going to go, then how is the batter going to have any idea? Yeah, and um, and that was that was sort of all, um, you know that was Harath. He used to just put the ball there. Um, he knew some would turn. He knew some would just get on, and um, was a you know you had to trust your defence. And um, you know you almost you'd almost rather get nicked off than um, get LBW. But um, it was nice to have made a contribution. Um, but Harath in those conditions don't get. Uh, don't get much uh, tougher for a right, right arm, that is for, uh, right-handed batsman, that is for sure. No, that's that's right. Well, what were the conversations like between overs between you and Kane? Because Kane was, uh, you know, a y- much younger man then as well. Yeah, I think you are. I mean, he was learning his game, and he, I guess, when you were uh, once again, no disrespect to Kane, but when you're a bit shorter, um, that you're in the way he plays, but um, the way he uses his crease, the way he uses his feet, um, you know, made it better a bit easier where we, the taller guys um, can get a little bit cast and um, and it's not as I guess agile and, and being able to do to move as much um, but no Kane I mean Kane you know is very um, methodical he, he trains hard he knows knows where he wants to score and, and all those things 
But if I think back to then, I mean, Kane would have been quite a quiet, um, introverted type um, person. He wouldn't have really been saying much, but I think his presence and the way he went about it was probably enough uh, to give not only myself confidence, but the guys back in the hutch um, a bit of a bit of a confidence boost in knowing what he was doing. Where does this test uh, sit for you in terms of when you look back at your career? I mean, I know you had the 290 in Perth and you've, you've had bigger scores, but in terms of a, a performance, where does this sit, sit for you in your career, do you think? I think it would definitely have to be up there at the top. I think um, in terms of batting with all the other distractions going on, would would have to be up there, um, one or two. Um, and probably... In terms of the win, probably only second to um, second to Hobart, I would have thought. In terms of um, the, the conditions, um, the opposition that we faced, um, and their own conditions. Any test win is is really good and very satisfactory. But um, you know, to be a, a very strong Sri Lankan side in their own conditions um, is something uh, you know the team are very proud of. Yeah, good stuff, Ross. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on today, mate. Uh, great to chat. How are you? How are you feeling? I know you've been out with the old uh, the old COVID. How are you feeling? You battling all right? Yeah, we, we're all uh, getting there slowly. Um, different, you know. I think we've we've got it mildly, which is is good. Yep. But uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, the rest of the country can can get through this and um, you know get back to normal as, as soon as possible. I mean, watching this women's World Cup. At the moment, and seeing the full crowds, or not full crowds, but good crowds, um, you know, hopefully that can be uh, more of the same in the, in the, few, the next few weeks and, and months. Yeah, indeed, mate. Go well. I uh, hope you're better soon, and we see you back out uh, batting for, for CD, eh? Appreciate it. Thanks, Rick. Cheers. Uh, there we go. Ross Taylor with us on our Dilmar flashback here on Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.